haven't found that out yet. All right, guys, so the topic today is Rehoboth, uh, but uh, we're, talking, we're going to talk about healing. Rehoboth, and we're going to talk about healing. Uh, so whenever a church, um, whenever God would bring in a new commission to Israel, he usually would provide them a new location or a new tabernacle, and then he would change the operating system of the priesthood. Uh, in the Old Testament, you would see this. Whenever there was uh, a new commission or a reformation that God would bring about in Israel, he would provide them a new location or sometimes even a new tabernacle, and he would change the way the priesthood functioned. It was like almost a new operating system. And so be it the Levites or be it how David configured things, which we talked about last week, this is something God used to do. And so uh, if you go back, uh, and surprising, I, I was asking the Lord, Father, what should I speak about? And this was something that uh, we had spoken about uh, in uh, 2019 that I, that again talked about Rehoboth and I felt we should go down this road. So one of the things God wants to do for us is the Lord, the Lord wants to give us room in this land. The Lord wants to give us room in this land by pouring out his mercy through healing. By pouring out his mercy through healing. The Lord will give us room, not wants to, the Lord will give us room in this land by pouring out his mercy through us. But the dominant way of pouring out mercy upon this land will be through physical and spiritual healing. I wish every time I said something like this, God would come up with a sign to validate what I'm saying. Uh, but if anything happens behind me, let me know. But here's the thing I want to say, that the Lord is going to give us room in this land by having us pour out His mercy but it'll be dominantly through physical healing. As central as faith is for healing, as central as faith is for healing, uh, mercy is another scriptural approach to healing. The mercy of God triggers healing. The mercy of God triggers healing triggers healing. So if you look at uh, these New Testament scriptures in Matthew 15, 22, this woman comes to Jesus and says, Son of David, have mercy on me. She had a daughter who was demonized. In uh, Matthew 17, 15, there is a boy who's been thrown into fits and his dad comes and says, Jesus, please have mercy on my son. The famous passage of Matthew 20, verse 30 where there's a blind man and he comes and says, Son of David, have mercy on me. In Mark 5.19, it's beautiful. Jesus turns around and says to the demoniac who's been delivered in the gatherings, saying, go tell the people in Decapolis of the mercy that I, the Lord, have shown you. He healed the man, delivered the man. But the words he uses, go to Mark chapter 5.19. Mark 5.19. And it says that Jesus did not let him go with him, but said, 
Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so there is this idea of mercy that seems to track. And then you know the famous story of Luke 17 verse 19, uh, verse 13, where the uh, lepers are standing there and they're calling out saying, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. The ten lepers. And then you even have the story of Epaphroditus in Philippians 2, um, verse 17, uh, verse 27, where Paul says to the church in Philippi, that, listen guys, you need to know that Epaphroditus was nearly dying, but thank God for his mercies. It was his mercies that healed him. So even as much as faith is critical to healing, another scriptural approach to healing is the mercy of God. It does not replace faith, it complements faith. Psalm 6 verse 2, David is crying out and he's saying, be merciful to me and heal me. Hi guys, be merciful to me and heal me. One of the things guys, oi Tia, Be merciful to me and heal me. One of the things that goes wrong when we go down the route of um, finding out the roots of diseases is that it's okay. There is validity to finding out why a disease may be caused. But in the process, mercy usually exits. And because I came out of that school of thinking, I have to sometimes fight to recover mercy because I can discern the root of a sickness easily, but I'm not showing mercy as I deal with it. I'm dealing with it as a, you, get, you, you fix this, you'll get well. Which may be true, but it seems, to, it seems to suck the mercy out of the process. And I say, unless you reintroduce mercy into the process, finding out roots and dealing with it will become a forensic audit, not a divine audit. reintroduce mercy into finding out roots too. Otherwise it gets too clinical. It is, this is the reason why this is happening, fix it, and if you fix it, God will heal you. And it is true, some things need to be fixed. Jesus himself said to some of the ones he was healing, listen, do not sin anymore, otherwise this will happen. But mercy goes out of it. I've done that to people, and I don't want to keep doing that to people. Any questions before we go on? Man, my handwriting sucks in this. On the board it was better. I think it needs to be at an angle. Yeah. Yeah. My mom did want me to be a doctor. At least she got this bit. The rest of the sun didn't work out, but his handwriting did. Yeah. Um, guys, any questions? So the Lord will give us room in this land by pouring out his mercy through us, but the mercy that he pours out, the dominant way of pouring out mercy upon this land will be through physical healing. Let me go back to the first one. The Lord wants to give us room in the land by pouring out his mercy through healing. That will be the dominant way he'll show his mercy. Dominant way of showing mercy it will be through having us heal. If you go to Hebrews 4.16, I know it talks about us approaching God, uh, where he says, approach the throne of grace with confidence. But now God is saying, listen, why don't you take Hebrews 4.16? 
and use it on their behalf. So he's basically saying, hey, I'm commanding you to go to people out there so that they can approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that they can receive mercy, so that they can find grace to help in their time of need. So set your eyes on mercy. Huh? Habakkuk 3.2, um, remember that? No, you won't remember it. Only old-timers will remember this song. It was, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Don't know that song, right? Okay, it's from Habakkuk 3.2. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. O Lord, renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. Instead of wrath, remember mercy. I want us to be ones that leave this place after communion, going with a sure knowledge that if this is God, and it's not too hard to figure out if this is God. This is what God has always been doing in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the book of Acts. It's just that we haven't been able to dive into it or participate with him. So is this the nature of God? Absolutely. Is this what he likes doing? Absolutely. Is this what he wants to do through us? Absolutely. I'm saying that the time has come and we need to take on this robe of mercy and add it to the faith that we have and the desire we have to bring this to pass here in the city. God is giving us room in this land by pouring out mercy, and the dominant way of expressing his mercy will be through healing others. Any questions? Yes, um, proclamation of healing must have faith in it too. Agreed. But God is saying, I, I would suggest, and this is my sneaky suspicion, that God doesn't think we lack faith, but God wants to add to our faith mercy. So he doesn't think there's a lack of faith. I think this church has been steeped in healing and faith for many, many years, so I don't think there's a lack of faith. There might be doubt that creeps in. There might be a lack of evidence often or waiting a long time before we see things happen. And yet, and I remember doing this in church uh, two or three years ago, we went, there was one service where we asked people in the church to stand up if they've had a healing from God. And at that time in the church, there were about 40 people, and every one of them stood up and testified to at least one incident of healing. And if we had continued, uh, they could have come up with two or three or four incidents. You know, I want to share this in a, in a boastful way, but it's a boast uh, to the Lord. Uh, when I had to register for this vaccine, um, they said they need my care card number or MSP or whatever. I, I couldn't find it. And so I called them up and they couldn't find it. And one of the reasons they couldn't find it is because for the last 32 years I haven't used it. So they finally asked me to call someone in Victoria, and I did. And they said, give us the address you stayed in. And I didn't remember the address the first time I came to Canada. Then they gave me the last three numbers of the phone number of the place that I stayed in. I didn't have an idea. And then they got a few other IDs, and finally they gave me this amazing number. I don't have it on my license because I didn't have it when I went to get my license renewed. Why am I sharing this, and why did I call it a boastful share? Because I boast in the Lord that it is possible for him to uh, heal and keep healthy. 
And so um, I think there's, not I think, I'm very sure that there is enough faith in this church for healing. And now he wants to complement that faith with mercy for people there. But it's going to be his dominant way of showing mercy to the land. Any questions? Set your eye on his mercy. Lord, I've heard of your fame. This is, this is such a prayer of mine because I want it to be so normal that every time we, uh, you come back on a Sunday or come back on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you guys do HC or Hub, it'll be like, not today, man. We've got too many uh, healing testimonies. It's like Moses saying, don't bring any more money. I want this to happen for us, which is why Habakkuk 3.2 really grabs me when it says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Guys, I've heard of his fame. The moment I became a believer, I started hearing of his fame. I began to hear of how he's a healer. I was so fascinated that this God can heal. I think I told you the first time, I wasn't even in a proper church. I was in a very mainline church. And I'm hearing about this God who heals. I'm reading about this God who heals in the Gospels. And I'm thinking to myself, but how can the blind beggar sit outside the church if he's healing? So I've got to go heal him. But I don't know how to heal. And it's a Muslim country, so I'm throwing coins into his bowl and saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, see. The guy was super rich, but he stayed blind. Because I went multiple times to throw money into his bowl, and he didn't. And that is when I thought, I've got to find out how this works. Our God is a God of great fame. Problem is, people don't know of his reputation now. And yet, if I allowed us to speak right now, each of you would stand up and testify. Liddy would, Ruth would, Ranita would, I would, Nick would. There's nobody in this room that couldn't stand up and testify saying, Jesus has healed me, and it was not because of medicines. He intervened and he healed me. There's nobody in this room. He's very famous in this room. But it ain't enough. I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our day, in our time. Make them known. Instead of wrath, remember mercy. That's an Old Testament statement. For us, even that doesn't apply. Remember mercy, O God. Renew them. Make known on earth your awesome mercy in the form of divine healings and bring it to pass in the land through us. Wait, say an amen, no? So how is the power and mercy of the king going to be unleashed in this present age? What is it that Acts 29 has missing that prevents us from stepping into it the way we really want to? Um, one of the ways we release this power and mercy of the king into this present age is by announcing the things Jesus announces. Let me try writing better. Announcing the things Jesus announces. Announcing the things Jesus announces. By announcing the things Jesus announces. It's important that I agree with Jesus even with his words. Because Jesus was very measured in his words. He wouldn't waste words. Why not use the words he uses? Announcing the things Jesus announces. In the Gospels, proclamation is synonymous with healing. In the Gospels, proclamation is synonymous with healing. Proclamation is synonymous with healing. 
in the Gospels, guys, this is important. Eh? If we have to spend time here, we'll spend time here. In the Gospels, proclamation is synonymous with healing. The leper was healed because Jesus proclaimed, I am willing. In the Gospels, proclamation is synonymous with healing. Therefore, it is important that I proclaim what I believe needs to happen because this is the nature of God and this is what God is directing me to. Proclamation is synonymous with healing. So when it comes to the leper, um, the leper was healed because Jesus proclaimed, I am willing. The lame man walked because Jesus proclaimed, arise. When Jesus proclaimed, go, the demons went. So it is important to speak the word before you heal because especially when you're dealing with others in the world, use words, proclaim. Proclamation is synonymous with healing. And then you see something else that Jesus does. If you go to Matthew 10, 7 and 8, Matthew 10, 7 and 8, you'll hear Jesus saying, as you go, preach, saying this message, the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. The kingdom of heaven is near. This is what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Guys, it's odd eh, how later on in the translations of the Bible that were written 200, 300 years after, that were rewritten, you'll find that the raising of dead is no longer found in those scriptures. And many think it was because of the church's embarrassment and nobody being raised from the dead that they kind of left it out in the older versions, as in the later versions. And I'm saying to you, the same thing is beginning to happen now. Raising the dead is not even pondered on because it's an embarrassment. We do not hear of these things anymore. Thank God we have a live specimen here in church that proves that the dead can be raised. Only he's not here today, but he's here often. Marcus. The kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Jesus' initial proclamation of the kingdom, the initial proclamation of the kingdom is with words. Initial proclamation is with words. But it is followed by the proclamation of works. Initial proclamation is that of words, but it is followed by the proclamation of the kingdom by works. And what is it proclaiming? Look at what Jesus is saying when he's saying, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, um, cast out demons. Look at what he's saying. He's saying, listen, the kingdom of God as in my rule is here. Go preach that. So first it is go preach it, Jacob. And here is where Christianity, Acts 29, I fail. We do not preach the message of God that clearly. That listen, the rule of God is here. Because the moment you say the rule of God is here, then there's another thing that has to come into play. The rule of God is here, therefore repent and believe. These are two things that this church rarely says 
on an individual or corporate basis. The, the rule of God is here, therefore repent and believe. When was the last time you used different phraseology that is perhaps more acceptable, but went for the jugular and said, repent and believe? This is the message that Jesus asked us to proclaim, and it is not proclaimed nowadays. Repent and believe is not proclaimed. I'm going ahead of myself, but it bothers me that it's been there all along, and even though I kind of know it, I've not honed in on it. So what is a proclamation of the kingdom? Listen, I have come to end the works of Satan, cast out demons. Listen, I've come to recover, bring recovery to the sick. Heal. Listen, I've come to put an end to chaos and death. Raise. Listen, I've come to um, include or restore people to community. Cleanse the lepers. Leprosy was an excommunicable disease. Once you were a leper, you were done. And Jesus is saying, this is, a, this is what my kingdom looks like. Go, here's the message of the kingdom. Here's the message that I want you to proclaim, Acts 29. In present day Vancouver, in present day wherever you go, whoever is listening to me, this is the message I want you to proclaim. That my rule my rule, Jesus' rule has come. It is here. It's no longer near. It is here. Therefore, I'm telling you to go tell them that and then tell them that I'm here to end Satan's rule. I'm here to bring recovery to the sick. I'm here to restore people back into the community. And I'm here to um, end chaos and death. Hey, Aaron. I'm here to end chaos and death. Tell them this. Tell them this. He's saying, tell them this. And then he's saying, if you tell them this, you also have to then follow it by saying, repent and believe. Look at scriptures. Look at uh, Mark 6.12. Mark 6.12. This is the disciples doing it. They, uh, Jesus sends them out and then they go out. They went out and preached that people should repent. Look at Ma Matthew 3, 2. This is when John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, was preaching. Matthew 3, 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Jude Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of God has come near you. Go to Matthew 4, 17. You'll see Jesus saying it. Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Let's go to Acts chapter 4, 38 to, Acts chapter 2, 38 to 43. You'll see the apostles preaching it. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, verse 41. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to apostles, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There seems to be a pattern. And the pattern is, listen, 
Tell them the kingdom is here. Tell them this is what I've come to do. Tell them that they need to now repent and believe because I am here. And if you do this, then these things will follow. We want the things that follow to happen without us announcing what Jesus is asking us to do. There is a pattern here that must be followed. Yeah. So here's the pattern. Here's what Jesus expects us to say. My rule is here. You can use your own words. That's one. Two. I have come to heal, raise, cleanse, drive out. Three. Therefore, do you repent? Do you believe? And this third part is what we rarely get to, almost never get to. When was the last time we even asked someone, do you repent? As in, do you give, uh, do, do you turn away comprehensively from your past? Do you turn away from it? And the believing would always follow repentance. And why did Jesus say this? Jesus is saying, listen, my rule is in your midst. In the face of this new rule that I am bringing and willing to introduce into your life, repent and believe. And if they didn't, he would still do what he had to do. But, if but he, would never, he would never go ahead till he had preached this. And the disciples did the same. This is the hardest part. Therefore, do you repent? Do you believe? In today's world, asking these two questions is very difficult. This is really difficult. This is less difficult. Because everyone is willing to believe something. But the repent part... Use whatever word. Do you wish to have your life converted? Do you wish to have your life changed? Do you wish to turn from your past? Do you wish to walk away from your past? Whatever words you want to use, you can use. But we don't. At least I don't. Christian faith is always repentant faith in terms of coming to the Lord. If we say these words, Jesus said, then sick will recover, dead will rise, demons will flee, people will be cleansed and restored. Then he goes on to say, this will prove that my rule is here. When these things happen, people will believe that my rule is here. So it's a strange way he's saying this. He's saying, first go say this. When you say this, I will do this. When I do this, they will believe what you said. 
Let me say it again. Jesus is saying, it's, it, it's step one, two, three. He's, he's, he's not complicated. Step one, Jacob, go tell them that my rule is here, that I, Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, I'm here to forgive your sins and to introduce my rule in your life. Tell them that I heal, that I raise the dead, that I cleanse the lepers and I drive out demons and I do it through you. That is now becoming more frightening. The first part was easy. Jesus' rule is here. That's his problem. But now it is, I just want to tell you that Jesus does this, and he does it through me. Then the third part is, therefore, since Jesus' rule is here, would you like to repent, Dilna? Get on your knees right away. No, sorry. <laughs> so would you like to repent, Dilna? And would you like, do you believe? Do you repent and do you believe? Or do you are you willing to change and are you willing to believe? Are you willing to be converted and are you willing to believe? Are you willing to uh, leave your past behind and are you willing to believe? This is why Peter and the disciples, they leave their nets, leave their families, leave everything. Because there's no following without leaving. You cannot take, and, take with you and say, I'm following. You either, you have to leave before you follow. People like holding both. This is why in Romans chapter 7, Paul puts it this way. A man, as long as he's married to a woman, is bound to her. But once the wife dies, he is now free to be married to another. Meaning, you cannot enter into another relationship while you're still married. You have to leave to follow. So Jesus says, Ask, this, is what, this is the message of the kingdom. This is the message of the kingdom. And if you say these things, Jacob, then the fourth step is, I'll do this through you. And when I do this through you, they will know that my kingdom is actually here. Because the kingdom must have manifest evidence. It cannot be in the sweet by and by only. Which is why then if you look at Luke chapter 10 verse 9, look at how beautifully Jesus says in Luke 10 verse 9, Jesus says, heal the sick and then say to them, the kingdom of God has come. So there's an after statement also after someone is healed. So I go heal Nick and Nick is healed and I say to Nick after healing, uh, hey Nick, I just want you to know that Jesus Christ's rule has just made this happen. You can use different phrases, but you've got to say, because there was a statement after too that Jesus wants you to make. This is the evidence that I am here. Any questions? Yep. That's a strange thing. Jesus would heal people whether they uh, did or did not. But what we will find as a church is that if we do not announce what Jesus wanted to announce, we will not see the results that Jesus wants us to see. When it came to unbelievers, always. You look at the book of Acts, it was repent and believe. No, even if they prayed for healing, 
they would still say repent and believe. The problem with Acts 29 is this. It is not settled in our minds. And I'm, uh, I mean, I'm hugely responsible for that. It is not settled in our minds that the, the necessity to announce the kingdom is super important. What is settled in our hearts is Jesus is a healer and he heals and we should pray for people's healing. But it is not settled in our minds that this is the method that the, the message of the kingdom is not settled in my mind at least. I do not go with the active thought that I got to go and tell Diana who's an unbeliever that listen, uh, Jesus is here and his uh, rule or whatever way that you'll understand is here to help you. And uh, I just want you to know that he can do these four things for you. And uh, uh, I'm going to pray for you and you will see it happen. Um, do you want to repent? Do you want to believe of, do you, do you want to repent of your ways? Do you want to believe? Uh, you may say, no, I'll still pray for you. And then you will suddenly see these things happening and I'll ask you again, do you want to repent? Do you want to believe? So it's not that this pattern must be stuck one, two, three, four. I can ask you before and I can pray for you before. My thing is, we as a people are scared to ask the question, do you repent and do you believe? We want to present to everybody Jesus as a wonderful friend, but we do not expect these two questions, repent and believe. And the strange thing is people can walk away with healing and die. It's our Protestant, Protestant version of purgatory. Listen, Jesus is your friend. Go healed. But when you die, you'll die in hell anyways. So we've got to begin to understand that we have a problem in this area. You could ask Diana this question if she was an unbeliever and she says no, and you still pray for her and she gets sick, uh, she gets healed, um, or she rises up from the dead, or demons get cast out of her, or she's uh, restored into the community of believers, and then you go back to this and say, hey, do you want to give away your old way of life, and do you want to believe in Jesus Christ? Sometimes some Dianas will do this before, some Dianas will do this after. But what will happen is we now are announcing what Jesus asked us to announce. And I'm saying that we don't. Whether the Dianas say yes before or after is the Dianas problem. And Jesus, remember, we're taking mercy to the people. But this is an announcement we have to make. Even though we've talked about, it, not talking about, even though we've talked about the kingdom before, we don't realize that this was Jesus' critical message, that listen guys, I'm here, my rule is here. And I want you to announce my rule. I want people to enter the kingdom. I don't want people to enter the church. The church is the place where kingdom truths are trained. I want people to enter the kingdom. I used to have a kingdom before. I gave, I made Adam the vice regent of that kingdom. An enemy king came in. He took the, my Adam's authority. Since then, he's distorted everything. The kingdom that I once had, Adam sold to the enemy king. I came, I sent my son. He won back the thing. I was offered on a mountain uh, the choice of bowing before the devil. And if I did, he would give me back the kingdoms. That's not the way I want it back. I want it back with flesh and blood and dying on a cross. Now that I've had it restored and I've given it to you, you go and tell them that the kingdom is back.
that I've always been a king from everlasting to everlasting. I've had a kingdom from everlasting to everlasting. I started with a kingdom, I'm going to end with a kingdom. We'll explore this over the next few weeks. I'm kind of getting like salivating over it because uh, there's so much there we, we can... Uh, sometimes it, if, if we get it, it, it'll change the way we walk. Like your actual gait will change. Jesus spoke about this 40 days after he rose again. He spent 40 days speaking about the kingdom. Paul spoke about it uh, the last two years of his life in Jerusalem. This is all he spoke about. Read Acts chapter 28, the last two verses. This is what he spoke about. And this is what we announce. So the first proclamation or announcement is the reign of God is here. It requires a response of repentance and faith. Betty brought two friends uh, for prayer, a husband and a wife, to Pilgrim. I remember praying for them. The husband's hand was um, hardly moving. Prayed for him, prayed for his wife, but not once during that prayer, even though I said I'll be praying in the name of Jesus and all that stuff, never during the prayer did I even remotely bring up do you want to believe in Jesus? Do you want to repent of your sins? Because in my mind it was, you have come for prayer. I've got to be nice to you. I've got to present Jesus as a healer. And perhaps one day you will think about it. But that was not the way Jesus or the apostles or the disciples in the Gospels or the book of Acts went about it. It is the way that I go about it. And it must stop. It's become a habit. It's become a culture. There is an opposing king who's getting away with murder. He can say anything he wants, and it makes him, it ma he makes it normal. He makes evil good and good evil. He's going about it without any shame. What is the first proclamation? The reign of God is here. It requires response of repentance of faith. Faced with God's presence or in breaking rule now, do you repent of your past? Do you believe that Christ has come to set things right? These are questions that are seldom asked anymore. Jesus expects us to make the same announcement. Given, uh, you know, in the New Testament, the thing was given Jesus' wide uh, uh, reputation for supernatural acts, people would have expected his representatives to do likewise. So in Matthew 17, Jesus is up on Mount, Mount of Transfiguration with um, Peter, James, and John. And his disciples, are, some of his disciples are down there. And a man brings his son. And he says to the disciples, heal him. Why? Because there was an expectation that if your Jesus, your rabbi, your master has indulged in so many supernatural acts, surely you as his representatives would do the same. And they bring the boy to the disciples. They cannot heal him. And they say when Jesus comes down the mountain, we brought them to your disciples and they couldn't do anything. It was like we are surprised they couldn't because they are your disciples. That is no longer the expectation. Neither do people expect Jesus to heal and they definitely don't expect Jesus' representatives to heal. And Jesus' representatives have come up with theory after theory and theology after theology to 
certify that healing is no longer available through Jesus. They have both open spaces. Yesterday, <laughs> it was funny, I was in a conversation where there was a person, Mark and me, and Mark was, uh, Mark kept saying, yeah, and when God uh, takes us somewhere and we trust him, God blesses us spiritually, but he also blesses us financially. And the guy is saying, yes, he does bless us spiritually, but not financially. Uh, uh, he blesses us spiritually. Mark keeps insisting, no, but he blesses us spiritually and he blesses us financially. And the person's trying to introduce to Mark a new way of thinking and Mark is so dull to it that he insists that God blesses both spiritually and financially. And I'm moving away and looking out of the window and sprinkling salt on my uh, uh, Benny because I'm thinking to myself, good luck with Mark. Because we're always trying to take the edge of Jesus so that if Jesus fails, we won't be disappointed. Who's the best person to help you with disappointment? Jesus. Hey, is it, can, we, can you turn the fans off? Because, uh, just a fan. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to share uh, about a group of people who are called Impact Nations that I went on a, my only mission trip ever. And the guy came to, came to this church and he said, if you come with us, you get to do the stuff. I guarantee you that if you come with us, you will, you will pray for people and people will be healed. And uh, 50 people from around the world came to Nicaragua with me in 2013. And yeah, we went to the prisons, we fed the people, he preached the gospel, and people were healed. Like, I was surprised. I didn't feel anything. People would come up to me and ask for prayer. And, they would walk away and, and they would be healed. And it was like, like the prisoners had more faith than I did. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah that's good. I'm like, really? Like, anyway, I just, the, the thing about this place was just that it was, it was such a, like, he was all about uh, the justice, the, the Isaiah 58 thing, like, like, let these things happen, you know, let's do the justice, un, like, all that kind of stuff. And he was feeding the poor and doing all those things. And, like, like he, he's, they're still doing it, and, and it's like it's he, it's like you, I don't know, like you got to do the stuff, and it's just healing, left and right, and uh, yeah, eyes, eyes, like the eye, like my friends, I didn't, this didn't happen to me, but like she prayed for somebody, and then the the eye, like it was white, and it came back like in, in her in her sight. Yeah, I, I'm getting tired of talking. I want to see these things happen. I mean, how much more can you teach about healing? Hey, that chair is uh, supposed to be the pastor's chair. I don't know how it landed up there, Manoj. I've been looking for something to sit on. I was thinking to myself, there was a chair here, and then it disappeared. But I shall sacrifice for the sake of the greater good. Um, who turned the fans off? Manoj, turn the fans on, man. 
Thanks. So, yeah, we must see this man. Harass God, guys. Harass God. Harass him so that wherever there's lack in our ways of doing things, he'll say, oh my God, it's those guys again. Tell them what they need so that we get it right. Harass us. Harass God till he says, okay, here. Okay. If you go down this route, guys, the Holy Spirit will begin to disclose his gifts, healings, miracles, word of knowledge, prophecy, faith, and we will end up doing the works of Jesus, and we will end up doing greater works than Jesus. I know these words sound so hollow, but just look at your own lives. When you look at your own lives, you realize this is possible. You haven't had much success with other lives, perhaps, but it's just around the corner. Mark, just come up and share that story. Hello, everyone. Um, so, uh, is this mic on? Looks like it's on. Um, so our, as we moved to Lake Country, we made friends with our neighbor, and I chat Can you him. hear him, guys? Hmm? Can you hear me? Okay. So I chat with our neighbor quite often, and uh, so I sit, we sit and chat for uh, most days for a while, and uh, about a month ago then, um, he had to have a test done, and that test, that, uh, test came back saying that um, some of the cells that came back were cancerous. And um, him being wise in the medical field and uh, Rhonda also being wise in the medical field, that he said, I, like, I, he understands how bad this is. And my response was, well, we were, I was listen, had been listening to what Jacob was preaching and saying, I will say the name, of, uh, and I said, you know what, well, I serve this, I follow this God that, say, that does really amazing things, and I've seen Jesus do stuff like this all the time, and he deals with, he deals with this stuff, and this isn't intended, and so we, I prayed for him, and prayed in the name of Jesus that, um, that uh, the path, that it would be like uh, similar to what Philip had, that he was walking down a road on this place, and then all of a sudden he was at this place, and that that uh, the cancer that was he was going down this road of cancer, and then suddenly he'd be over here, and there would be no cancer. Um, so I prayed that and went inside because the kids said it's supper time and all that sort of stuff, and he went inside, and and that was it. And um, and then I got a text from him yesterday saying that uh, all the biopsies came back negative. Everything seems to be that he's clear of cancer. That, that, and that uh, he also acknowledged those prayers seemed to do that. Seemed to do the trick. That, that he acknowledged that that was that was something that happened. And I know Rhonda prayed for him, and I prayed for him. Rhonda had also given him a ride in for uh, a couple of these tests that he had to do. So, um, it is. It is real that God is doing this this stuff. Like He's wanting to do these things. That He's looking for people. He still calls out, saying, "Whom shall I send?" So. And now we add that extra layer to it. Do you believe? Do you repent? 
and in his own phrase, not in a way that will cut off the neighbor forever, but in a way that um, it's an invitation, it's not a demand. Now that you know that Jesus is here and his rule has done this for you, would you like me to help you with letting go of your past life, regardless of how difficult it is? And would you like me to help you figure out this Jesus like I have over the last many years? This is what do you repent, do you believe sounds like. Because the word repent is such a, um, a dynamite word that you use that word, you can lose friends. Because the only time the word repent is used is by fiery looking Bible thumpers. And uh, it's made a parody of. So use different words, but do not avoid it. Guys, cl clumsiness never drives people away. When you think you are smart, they really think you're clumsy anyways. So clumsiness is not what drives people away. Your inability to present something articulately has never driven people away. Only, only business deals fall through when you can't. But these kind of real things are always presented clumsily and um, inarticulately. Because it's the sheer work of the Spirit of God. Remember that he's the one who wooed you. How many here were actually convinced because of some great articulate message? Mine was very simple. Child of darkness, if you do not repent, you will not get the scraps that fall off the table. I repented. <laughs> That's how I came to the Lord. All the other nice speeches about the Lord really loves you didn't work with me. There's one guy called Paul Daniel chasing me around the campus saying, Child of darkness! Repent, otherwise you won't get the scraps off the table. And I'm cursing him, but inside me, my heart's going thump, 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 because I know he's right. You never know what works with people, guys. Don't try it on people unless you're very sure you want to lose them, eh? Because that guy couldn't care less. I've done so much harm to him. I once soaked a naan in sambar in curry and threw it at him. <laughs> but he would still come back. Didn't matter. I mean, this guy, he was an economics professor. People would throw things at him, but he would not back off. He would continuously keep coming after you. And the number of people that he saved on campus was nuts. Salvation Army guy. Um, let me conclude. Faith or persuasion must precede proclamation. So you need to have faith like um, the question Betty asked. And guys, faith in this situation is actually entering into what God is doing. The name Emmanuel, God with us, really helps sometimes when you're feeling afraid. Faith in this situation where you're telling someone that, oh shucks, that got wiped away. Um, faith in this situation when you're telling someone, hey, the rule of God is here. He wants to cleanse, heal, raise the dead, and uh, cast out demons. He wants to do it through me. <laughs> what bold statements. You make a statement like that, that faith is easy to enter into if you think along the lines of, I'm entering into what God really wants to do. 
There's nothing you can do to make any of these four things happen, guys. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to make any of these things happen. Even your smart prayer won't help. Nothing you can do. But to say this, and say this as many times as you can, so that you are so foolish now that you've got no reputation left. But faith is required, and it's these times when I think of Emmanuel and I think of him fondly because Emmanuel is God with us. Faith is entering into what God wants to do with me, what God wants to do with me. And so my expectations of King Jesus affects the largeness of his reign. My expectations, let me try writing bold, my, uh, cap, caps. My expectations, huh, looking slightly better. My expectations of King Jesus, nice. My expectations of King Jesus affects the largeness. Oh, this is fun, this is looking much better. Affects the largeness of his reign. through me. So increase in your expectations. Increase in your expectations. Do not be discouraged, guys. Remember that much of the resistance is coming not from your failure or inadequacy, because you're a failure and inadequacy anyways when it comes to these four things of healing sickness, raising the dead. You, you're absolutely inadequate for it. There's nothing you have that makes it happen. So do not be discouraged by your inadequacy or failure. Remember, there's a, there are so many things at work. There's an entire kingdom that has brought these things about. Death, chaos, sickness, excommunication, and uh, all those things that I mentioned. There's a kingdom that opposes you. But there is a God who is bigger that can handle the entire kingdom in the end with a blast of his nostrils. That's how this war ends. It's a very... It's not a movie that ends in a... It's so anticlimactic. And so after all this happens, you think the hero's going to beat the guy up and he just breathes a little harder than usual and goes, and the entire thing is over. That's how it ends. And God breathed through his nostrils and the devil was done. That is how simple this is. So go as failures, as inadequate, foolish people and just keep repeating your foolishness. Keep repeating your foolishness. Always remember this equation, guys. Some of you know it by heart, some of you don't. And that is foolishness provokes the Holy Spirit. There's no inflow of the Spirit without outflow of his power. Outflow requires foolishness. 
So please, Rehoboth, open spaces to be foolish. Again and again and again and again. Foolishness provokes the Holy Spirit. There's no inflow without outflow. As in, if you want the Holy Spirit to flow into you, you have to let him flow out of you. As in, he, you have to do something. Outflow requires foolishness. Sorry? Foolishness provokes the Holy Spirit. As in, uh, every time you're foolish for the sake of obeying, obeying what Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit says, oops, now I got to go into action. You just provoked me to do something. So don't go by what you feel or what you wish. Go by, go, begin to proclaim these things. Remember, initial proclamation is words, but it's followed by works. <laughs> Look at what Jesus' intent is. End the works of Satan, recover the sick, end chaos and death, restore people to community. Never forget this. This is the main thing, though. Hey, guys, go and say this message. Say and speak and pronounce and announce and proclaim this message that I, Jesus, am here came 2,000 years ago, but I am here now for you. I come to cleanse, I come to heal, I come to raise the dead, I come to uh, cast out demons, and I'm going to do it through Jacob or Sam or Wayne. I'm going to do it through these guys. Uh, would you like to believe that I can do this? Would you like to turn away from your old way so that you can begin a new life with me? Yes, no. Great. Let's pray. Sick recover, dead will rise, demons flee, people will be restored. Do you believe? Do you repent? That's how it works. Any questions? You know this guy called Keith Abraham, who is no longer in town. He once, and I've, <laughs> I know I've said this so many times, he once said, um, dig up the wells of healings that are present in this church. Dig up the wells of healings. I've always repeated it. I want to see it. Dig up wells of healings present in your midst. Dig up wells of healings present in your midst. He didn't even know me. He didn't know. Someone else from this church went and met him. He didn't know Acts 29. We'll have communion now, but any questions, guys? No questions. Okay. Let's go to Matthew 10, 7, 8 and just read that. Matthew 10, 7, 8. With believers, we don't need to uh, take them through repentance and believing because they already do. So with believers, it'll be anoint with oil and pray or call the elders and pray or lay hands and pray. Um, go about it that way. Yeah. Remember our initial statement. Uh, our initial statement was the Lord wants us, or the Lord wants to give us room in the land by pouring out his mercy through healing. It, it's going to be his dominant way of showing mercy. 
That is what is important. The Lord wants us to give wants to give us room in this land by pouring out his mercy through healing and it's going to be his dominant way of showing mercy. Matthew 10. So Jesus sends out people and these are his instructions. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has come near. After he rose again, it's not any longer come near. It is here. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And I love the next line. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Let's uh, break bread. And while we break bread... Uh, this is a message I want to keep pro proclaiming that as we break bread, here's what, how we're going to do it. Break bread and f uh, once you have your peace, uh, once you have your P-I-E-C-E, -E, once you have your peace, take it and freely give it to someone. And in giving it, quote your own version of Matthew 10, 7 and 8, saying this is what I'm about to do. I'm receiving this bread today not to eat here. I'm receiving this bread today and as I give it to you freely, I'm saying to you that I... I'm going to be going out and freely giving what Jesus has asked me to give. Take this message, put it in your own words, move around this room sharing it with people. Yeah? That's how we're going to break bread. Matthew 10, 7, 8. Can we put Matthew 10, 7, 8 on the screen if possible? Matthew 10, 7, and 8, if we could put it on the screen. And then after we've done that, if there is anybody who wants to um, th this is an odd way to put it, for, but for the year ahead, if you want to prophesy into the year ahead with regard to this healing, and you have a word that you want to prophesy, uh, feel free to come up, and then we'll end with a song. So um, once you get the thing, break it, and go give it to someone and speak. You've got to start speaking here itself. So for instance, if I had a piece... So, for instance, if I had a piece, I'd break it and I'd say, hey, freely I have received, freely I give. I've received so much healing from God, I want to start giving it away. And in this act, I'm giving away what I have received. And I really believe that Jesus is going to use me to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, to cast out demons. And I'm going to tell people from now on that Jesus is here. Do you want to believe him too, like I believe? Do you want to turn away from your old life like I have? I'm not going to avoid this message anymore. As I break bread today, I remember the Jesus of the Gospels and what he has commanded us to. He said, remember me. And we are remembering him. We are remembering who he was in the Gospels. That's what we're doing. Yeah? And then feel free to eat and then we'll drink from the cup. So feel free to get up and move around and break. And uh, yeah. Sam, freely. Uh, can you turn my mic off, guys, for now? Sam, free.
Jesus we have uh, circumvented the message of the kingdom in this church even though we know about the kingdom quite a lot we've talked about it but we've uh, skirted around it not not totally deliberately but we have skirted around it so as we drink of this cup we want to return to the original blueprint mighty king almighty god king in the end when you come riding on that white horse you have king of kings and lord of lords written on a sash around you so what do we want to say as we drink this cup Father you have you are sending us to announce the message of the kingdom which is very simple Jesus is here his rule is here and this is what his rule entails would you like to have this rule enter your life you can do that by letting go of your past and stepping into and believing who Christ is I do not want to avoid this message this church doesn't want to avoid this message we have been sent to announce it if we announce it you will resource us with everything that the kingdom must manifest so it is to that we drink it is our it's our um helpless but heartfelt pledge that we change in this Holy Spirit would you change us we have developed a culture of avoidance partly because of the environment we live in partly because we haven't emphasized that so that today we repent we repent and uh, we change we have our hearts converted today and we ask in helplessness asking Holy Spirit for your help to change this culture in this church in my life in our lives saying there's a message that needs to be announced it is the only message that gets a person saved one is born again not to enter a church one is born again to enter a kingdom unless you be born again you cannot enter the kingdom of god therefore even though all these things in the kingdom are free because you are a benevolent king we will carry the message with the free gifts this church will do that and it will see a difference in how we function a new commission a new location or tabernacle a new operating system for its priesthood so we thank you jesus for making all this possible by dying on the cross and allowing us to now take what you did and give it to others the mercy that was shown to us and to the world we now will take and spread to others we drink to that now in jesus name amen let it be so lord all righty so we'll sing this really old song that uh, jane knows and then we'll end it with the chorus of a newer song and then if there is anybody who thinks they can prophesy into this um feel free to come up and prophesy into it
How does that work, Jacob? Uh, that works this way. You feel God saying, this is what I'm doing. You've heard what I've taught. Now this is what I want you to speak out loud over the church because this is my word for the church. That's how it works. Yeah? Here, John. The pastor is the last one people pay attention to. Betty, could you give her give him your mic? Hi. Um, I don't know how this is going to go, but uh, this week I was kind of going through just get things have been getting more stressful with just trying to get established here, and I felt like just this at attack on on me, and uh, and, and it just kept building and. Uh, I guess Tuesday night or something, I I had the, a Graham uh, Cook uh, message just pop up that I had downloaded about two years ago. Just randomly started playing about resting in the Lord, and uh, so I said, "Okay, I better just listen to this." And uh, so started listening to it. And one of the things he he was saying is. You know, our job as Christians is uh, not not to react to the situations around us, but to respond to the voice within us. And uh, and I just said, okay, Lord, um, I repent. I repent of just worrying about all the things that I need to think I need to worry about, and just uh, just. Calm, calm me down, Lord. And so as, I, as that night was just, I was calming down my spirit, um, the Lord just said to me, uh, now that you've stopped uh, worrying about all the stuff that you need to worry about, how about you just uh, listen to what I have for, for this church and for, for you? And uh, he, he, he actually brought me to... Uh, the he said he he told me to read the story of the flood and uh this is what i wrote down um i just feel like this is what god has been saying to my situation and this church and he said as i as i was reading the story of the flood the father gave me this revelation how this story is a picture of what he is doing with this church so just like Noah and his family were preparing for a flood, I know this family has been building and preparing for a flood. And now God is saying, once more, I'm about to break forth the wells of the deep. Except this time, these wells 
are not hidden underneath the earth waiting to bring judgment. These wells are set to break forth from inside the, the walls of his ark so that his church will bring restoration to the land. So get ready to not just get wet. He literally wants to drown us in the, his love and power. Right now, he has sent out a call to say to all the animals, uh, me being one of them, to, to all aboard. The ark is ready. It is ready to go. It's done. I find it so cool that basically I arrived here and got here at the time you guys got into this building. I believe this is the appointed time is here. God is about to, to be unleashed. The power of God is about to be unleashed until this ship rises high above the earth and find its, finds it, its, its resting place on the mountains. And just last night, I thought it was so cool that uh, um, even before I came out here, um, I guess a week before I came out here, uh, a, an, an older lady in, our tr in, in Verdon was praying for me and, and about some issues, strongholds in my life and things that I haven't had victory over that the, that has stopped me from prospering the way I know God wants me to. And as she was praying for me, she said, I see you beside Jesus on a ship. And uh, I just believe that, you know, we, what God wants to do in my life is like, it's here. It, the yoke's ready to be broken. It's just, it's just around the corner. So, um, Amen. Maranatha music. Remember, they used to come in cassettes <laughs> with weird modern art designs on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you put five on that? <laughs> one. That's the probation board. There's one. It goes up by one. Yeah. God forgive my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I come to you to share his love as he told me to. God forgive my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share this love as, as he told me to. He said, freely, freely, you have received. 
After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples at Acts 29 went out and preached everywhere. 
And the Lord worked with the disciples in Acts 29 and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. Yeah? Amen. Let's just pray a blessing on Heidi as she goes to Germany. Father, as Heidi goes to Germany, we pray that she will be wisdom, she will be healing, she will be order, she will be strength. To her family, preparing them in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.